Hello, everybody, and welcome into a Tuesday, January 4th edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I am your co-host, Julian Edlow, along with my other co-host, Steve Buchanan. Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> Wild week 17 in the books, and even wilder, probably week 18 ahead of us. Um, we got a jam-packed jam Tuesday pod. Um, as usual, Johnny Avello, Director of Operations at DraftKings Sportsbook, will be joining us. Give us a little peek behind the book, uh, talk some talk some odds and things of such. We also have Alex Baker, Osmo. If you play Ooh. DraftKings, you know the username Osmo of Osmo.com. Um, been a, a big player in the game for a long time, but just won his first Millie Maker on, uh, in Week 17. So we caught up with him to kind of go over his lineup, talk strategy, uh and you know learn learn what we can from from one of the best dfs players uh out there so that's what we got coming for you guys here on this tuesday edition but we will start where we always start giving a quick look back at week 17 which with cash it or trash it steve uh go ahead what are we what are we cashing from week 17 i mean i i guess i'm constantly on the bangles Bengals are just the cash cow for me this year. Uh, that was an easy one uh, with them. Joe Burrow just continues to be an absolute monster uh, it, over the past two weeks. I mean, throwing for over almost, you know, a thousand yards past two weeks. He's been absolutely amazing. And uh, uh, so yep. that was, an, uh, uh, that was a, a, not an easy one, but that was a close one there with the, uh, <laughs> with the Chiefs. So uh, we'll catch that Bengals ticket there. Oh, I mean, my trash, it is one of my least favorite beats <laughs> of all time. I don't know if this bet would have won or not, but I know I gave it out as my best bet. I know that the matchup was there and the incentives were there. For one, Antonio Brown, who had a receptions incentive for 333K, a yards uh, incentive for 333K, and a touchdown incentive for 333K. Maybe he would not have gotten all of them for a grand total of a million dollars, but he easily could have gotten one or two uh, all within reach between that Jets game and next week's Panthers game. I've invented a new way to lose. I've had the injuries happen in game. And, uh, you know, that happened to a Miles Sanders prop for me a couple of weeks ago. You know, you shake your head. That's that. Uh, you give analysis that doesn't quite get there. Um, it happens. I've never had a player quit get cut by a team in the middle of a game, take all of his clothes off and run off the field. Um, a bad beat, a laughable beat. Uh, just a brutal even, beat. I don't, I don't even know. Um, I just started with trash because I felt like I had to, I had to get my trash out of the way first um, because it was, it was on my mind. Um, I mean, that's understandable. I mean, I, I, I texted you and I said, did you see this stuff where they, <laughs> I was driving. I was driving home. I, I stayed a little later in our in our studio after we recorded the sweat on Sunday. Watched a little bit of the games. Did a little bit of work, and it happened as I was like pulling into my driveway. My phone blew up. I had Twitter alerts from all the people that you would get alerts from your Schefters, your Rappaports, um, followed by a text from Steve. And I was like, "Oh God!" And I sat in my car for a few more minutes, scrolling through Twitter, watching what happened. And I was like, "Well, that's a loss." Yeah, that, one of the more remarkable ways to lose in sports betting is somebody literally just piecing out literally in the middle of a game. 
so that happened. Um, I gave out all props and that was my big one on, on Sunday and they didn't hit. I redeemed myself somewhat on Monday night. Um, and a special thanks to Alan Bell for coming on last week and giving us some analysis here on, on unreasonable odds. <clears throat> he liked to the Steelers. And as soon as the Browns were eliminated from the postseason, and it was big Ben sendoff game in Pittsburgh, I scooped the plus three, I scooped the plus 125 money line. Pittsburgh went on to touch minus three after that. So six points of value, even though it closed back a little bit closer to a pick them. Uh, so redeemed myself a little bit with a, with a Monday night cash. Um, you got any trash for us from, from week 17? Oh yeah. Yeah. Dolphins. I'm like, Oh, why are they underdogs? Three point underdogs? No problem. I'll, we'll mm. even tease Should've them up. 33 point underdogs. Yeah. Let's even tease them up to nine. No problem. Boy, was that a disaster. Man, that was not how I wanted to start my week 18, but that is how I started my week 18, uh, excuse me, my week 17. Uh, Just absolutely brutal performance from them coming in on that seven game winning streak. Looks like they can't be touched defensively, offensively. They just look like an absolute abomination in that game against the the Titans. The win uh, vaulted the Titans up to the number one seed because the Chiefs also lost to the Bengals, which was a good cash. We do. We'll take that cash. But um. Wow, that was uh, that was a shocker. I at least, fa- you know, if they weren't going to cover the plus three, I at least expected they'd easily cover the plus nine to tease them up. Nope. When you lose thirty-four to three, nine ain't going to cut it either. Trash the Dolphins. Now they're out of the playoffs, and they deserve it because they ruined my week seventeen. So speaking about the Dolphins being out of the playoffs, they're an example of how rapid these lines move, and this is something we'll talk to Johnny about later. But it, they're an example of getting bounced out against playing a team now that has motivation. The Dolphins were two and a half point underdogs to the Patriots in week 18. They now sit seven. That transitions us into this week 18 board because it's, it's madness. So much scattered motivation. Um, I, this is a week for me. I don't know how many points I necessarily want to play. I'm probably afraid to play too many underdogs. Like I'm looking right now for an underdog. I like, like if maybe you like the Raiders plus three, I don't know. That's a playoff game. Chargers Raiders essentially on Sunday night football. That's why it's in that time slot. Um, The Niners will be trying against the Rams. That one's down from like six and a half, seven to four, because they'll be going for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. But you look at these other ones, none of the underdogs essentially have no, any, have any motivation except for maybe Pittsburgh. Nin- but I would never. Hmm? Niners. I, I said the Niners. The Niners plus four, but down from like. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Plus six and a half, seven. The only under other underdog with a chance to make the playoffs and they have a very outside shot is the Steelers plus five and a half. But yeah. the Ravens also have a very outside shot to make the playoffs. And after what we saw after that Monday night game, like. That was like the end of a season, the end of an era. Like Big Ben answered 15 minutes of interviews and then said, all right, so we got to get ready for the Ravens next week. Like, uh, so I would probably lay the points with the Ravens if I wanted to get involved in that game, which I haven't decided. But so many spreads, so many numbers to talk about. This is the week that you can string together a money line parlay of teams that need to win laying big numbers if you need to, and it's going to get there. I haven't decided which teams are officially in or out yet, 
but you'll be able to do that. And maybe as we go, I'll put one together. Um, but any initial thoughts, like, is there any bet that you really like uh, on this board? Your, your Bengals are minus three against the Browns. They can improve their seating essentially um, in theory against a Browns team that got whooped on Monday night football is out of the playoffs. Baker might go get shoulder surgery early. That seems like a decent spot. I mean, if anything, they probably have a better chance to win with Case Keenum, right? Like from what you saw from Baker Mayfield last night, like that was just atrocious, but like that offensive line is, is awful. They lost like three defensive backs during the game. They got nothing. They got absolutely nothing. They just got absolutely whooped on in prime time. Nothing to come back from. They're done. Minus three. I mean, I mean, and you mentioned it. You know, the 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 Bengals do have an outside chance of getting the number one seed. A lot has to happen, but there is something to play for. So you could. Well, they're not even they're not even the two seed either, right? They're the yeah. three. Yep. <clears throat> so in yep. theory, like. <clears throat> Well, okay, the Chiefs play Saturday. So if the Chiefs lost, the Bengals could try and win to get up to the two seed and get an extra home game potentially. But I don't think the Chiefs will – I don't think the Chiefs will lose. They shot from three to ten on this spread. We might see some sharp money on Denver, but Kansas City is a team that you can put in the money line parlay because they're going to win to – number one, they're going to win to protect the two seed because if they win, they protect the two seed. But – they play Saturday at 4.30. The Titans play on Sunday. You can't, the, the Texans already beat the Titans once this year, and this yep. game's in Houston. You can't allow for the possibility for uh, Tennessee to lose that game, and you didn't capitalize by beating Denver to jump back up to the one seed. So right. Kansas City has to win. I, I like how the NFL scheduled, scheduled that so that Kansas City has to try. No, and they should win easily, too. I mean, that, that, um Denver team with Drew Locke is I mean, this it's bad man like Drew Locke is there's a reason he's no longer the star in, in, in Denver and, and it's shown lately um but Kansas City does clinch number one seed uh with the Kansas City win and a Tennessee loss or tie or Tennessee tie, uh, uh, Kansas City tie and a Tennessee loss so those are the scenarios that KC clinches the number one seed so we'll have a lot more clarity um really after uh Saturday night we'll know yeah. Um, so the, the Dallas one is another that really jumped. Um, Philly, who clinched a playoff spot, might not try in this game. They might just rest up for their next, uh, for their wild card game, whereas Dallas can improve seating. They've said they want to improve seating. Um, so minus seven on the road, but they're another team on Saturday that could be in that. They could be a money line piece. They could be a teaser piece. Dallas should be pretty safe to win that game. Yes. Um, I guess. Uh, do you have any other? Do you have any other thoughts on the two Saturday games? Not necessary. I, th- I think the favorites are both, you know, pretty large favorites for a reason. Like I don't see any upsets coming from either one. All right. Anything? Anything Sunday wise? I might not play a spread this week if I'm being if I'm being honest. I don't know if there's a spread that I'll play. I think I'm. I'm still interested in Green Bay minus two and a half, right? Uh, <clears throat> at gonna, two and a, at two, like I'm not playing it at three. I'll play it at two and a half though. Like as it stands right now, I'm I'm fine with the two and a half against the Lions. I could easily see the Packers scoring the first touchdown, drifting off a little bit, 
And when Aaron Rodgers, who apparently is going to play and the starters go to the bench, the Lions rally to end the season with a win. Yep. I would only play the Packers on the first half line. No, that's which fair. could be larger than the full game. Though. Yep. No, totally. Totally. It would make total sense. I mean, as it stands right now, though, like, you know, if they go up a couple scores, is Detroit going to come back at them and be able it's just because yeah. it's such a small number. No. Yeah. <laughs> because well, Detroit, Detroit cares and they already blew getting the first pick. So they might want to win. Here's, here's the nature. This is the nature of the board, right? When you're, when you're trying to make a case for this over everything else, you know, that's just how this game's going to be. Yeah. That's how this board's going to be. So if you ask me if there's another spread that I'd be interested in as of right now, it might still be that Packers minus two and a half. But that's why we do two shows. And that's why on Thursday I can be like, you know what? I, I trashed that idea. I don't like it anymore. We will come back on Thursday with more. Um, I'm so, playing around actually, here. So here, here, here's a question. This week particularly, is this a time to take early value on these lines or is this a, a week you wait? Totally, totally case by case. Yeah. Um, totally case by case. I got to bring the standings up. Are the Rams or the Bucks the two seed? I think it's the Bucks. No, the Rams beat them. Yeah. But the Bucks still have to try because they play at the same time as the Rams. And the right. Rams are playing a motivated 49ers team. So the Bucks right. still want to try and win. Yeah, because the 49ers still have a chance to, to make it. So that will be a meaningful game, correct? Right. A lot of moving parts. Saints, this week, the Saints are trying to win to potentially make the playoffs if the 49ers lose to the Rams. Um, but I can't, I can't get involved in the saints as like a safe team, even though they're playing for no. a playoff spot against the Falcons. No, I would not get um, a safe team. At Cardinals all. are still playing for seating. Correct. And host the Seahawks, but I don't know if I can go there. So the five or six teams that you can use in a money line parlay, the chiefs, yep. the Cowboys, mm -hmm. the Colts who are minus thousand. The no. Bills are minus 1375. I'm not even going to include them against the Jets. The Titans, minus 525, when you get the one seed. The Bucks playing for seeding against the Panthers. And the Cardinals playing for seeding against the Seahawks. If, I'm just saying if, you money line parlay those six teams, you're plus 258. I'm not recommending a six-team money line parlay, but I'm saying you can take four of those, three or four of those, and use them. Yep. Whichever ones your favorite are. So looking at that, if I if you did Chiefs, Cowboys, Bucks, and Cardinals, that would probably be my preference. You're at plus one seventy four. I don't know if I trust the Cardinals. You should against the Seahawks, but they just had a really good game. But it was against the Lions. Against the Lions. I think you have to have the Titans in there. The Titans are going to win for the one seed. <clears throat> the Colts aren't losing to the Jags. I'm going to take out. We want the Colts to lose. Stop yeah, saying I, that. Yeah, but it, it doesn't matter. That's, that ship has <laughs> sailed. The Colts are making, they are winning and making the playoffs. I would probably take out the Bucks and Cardinals. And here it is. Chiefs, Cowboys, Colts, Titans. Gets you done by the one o'clock games on Sunday. Plus 109. <laughs> 14 parlay plus 109 <laughs> just barely making a profit i'm gauging i'm gauging my risk here those four teams are gonna win yep yep well 
can always have to change your mind. That's why we have a Thursday show. So we'll talk about this. More. I can always change my mind. And also I can always bet the four o'clock games if it doesn't work out because that one's done by one. And I have two, I have the two Saturday games as well. Be advised. It's not a good idea to be chasing your losses. Just, just a little disclaimer there. So don't say that. All right, let's get some insight. Me- would you give that message out to the person uh, who tweeted me last night that they couldn't eat dinner because my Seth Curry prop was going to lose. Right. And then the only problem is the Seth Curry prop won. Right. Yep. Hey, that's Twitter for you, man. This is, this yes. is the life we chose. All right, yes. let's get some insight into the sports book. Let's bring in Johnny Avello for Hold all on. Our- You're jumping the gun. Go ahead. I can pitch this on Thursday too, but you could have on Monday night. We have the national championship game between Georgia and my Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, so Thursday's podcast, we'll be having a guest on, obviously, that can that can discuss that game some uh, with me while Steve goes and takes his traditional nap, traditional college football nap. That but also, we will be running a promotion. Um, we're going to have a promo coming from the DK Sportsbook handle promoting uh, unreasonable odds. So if you don't, make sure you follow at unreasonable odd on Twitter, follow the podcast, follow me at Julian Edlow, follow Steve at SB 24. Um, but we will have a promo. You either, you know, pick the winner of the game or pick the first touchdown score. We're still, still figuring it out. You just reply on Twitter, follow along at unreasonable odds, and we're going to be giving away some free bets. Um, if, if you, if you make the right pick, so free bets coming from the unreasonable odds podcast on uh, probably I'd call it Tuesday following the national championship game, but we will be running something for that big Georgia Alabama game to give the listeners some free bets on DraftKings Sportsbook. Mayfield officially out. Just came down. Okay. Interesting. So actually the Browns have a better chance of winning now. Really? That's what I Yeah, I agree. Totally how I feel. I to- totally agree. The line's going to change and it's going to be like, why? <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I don't think it's going to change much. The, the, I, I think the initial game. reaction. Baker Mayfield is not worth points in an NFL game right now. Uh, I'm with you. That doesn't mean that the people who are betting are going to feel the same. That's all. All right, let's go. Let's talk to the man with the sports book, yes. Johnny Avello. Odds are coming up now. After that, we're going to talk to Alex Baker. He just won a million dollars. He's smarter than all of us. He's going to give you some insight on how he won a million dollars. He's been chasing this for a long time. The chase is over. He caught up to the million, and it's his. We're going to talk to him too as well. Let's go to Odds Are with Johnny Bell. All right. As is the case every week here on our Tuesday episode of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. You heard the music. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the three box. Johnny Avello from DK Sportsbook is here. Johnny, how are we doing heading into this wild week 18? Yeah, it's here, guys. The extra week, you know, uh, Talked about at the beginning of the year what it would mean. It, what it means is that it's more handle for the books um, and some meaningful games uh, and some not so meaningful games. Real quick before we get into the questions, what's more difficult to set lines for week one or the final week of the season? A oh, final week of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that yeah. was going to be my guess. Got to be week 18. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the questions here. Most of the massive favorites got there in week 17. Uh, the Bucks once again, fall flat 
I have a screenshot of when they were three-point underdogs, which was a live bet you could take on the sportsbook. I got a frame now because you'll never see that again against the Jets. But depending on the number you got in the Falcons-Buffalo game, that was another scenario. But some of the favorites that were really that really grew, the Colts, Rams, and Cowboys, all failed together, and most of those lost outright. Uh, what games were the best result for the book in Week 17? Uh, the, the Cards beating the Cowboys, Bengals beating the Chiefs, and the Bucks not covering against the Jets. They were our three best games. Uh, there, there, there was the Bills game, you know, dancing around that number. Uh, and that, that was kind of a break-even game for us for the day. And then on the flip side, Patriots, Chargers, Packers, just absolute blowouts, runaway games uh, as big favorites. Like, you know, one of the games, the Patriots, I thought really – the spread was just getting too big, but they covered that easily. Uh, I assume those are some of the biggest winners for the public and any of those games really kind of hurt the book. Yes. You know, we were cruising just nicely picking up wins for most of the day. And then we were sacked by the Packers game (laughs) that took a big chunk out of the money that we were holding for the day. Uh, The chargers beating the Broncos also didn't work out well. Um, And, uh, Luckily, the high spread on the on the uh, Pats, that kept the betters from really piling on that one. So that yeah. one wasn't as bad as you would think. Yeah, I, I was mostly playing uh, player props in week 17, which is something we'll talk about in uh, in week 18. I did wind up getting to the Steelers on Monday Night Football, but I played no sides on Sunday. I almost got to the Packers on Sunday night because I, I forget the name of the Vikings quarterback, but he's been awful in all his games. I was like, I should probably bet the Packers. It's probably not enough. Didn't get there. But anyway, we're on to our week 18, which just gets more nuts than uh, than week 17 was really. And we know how messy these final games of the season can be. A lot of teams eliminated. Which ones that are eliminated are trying, which ones aren't. Others have clinched and won't be playing for anything. They're locked into their seed. Others have very important seeding to play for or potentially even a playoff spot on the line. Like we know that Sunday night, uh, Vegas Chargers game. So how does all of that stuff combine going into setting the numbers for, for this game? Steve went kind of off the cuff here and asked you, you know, what stuff are week one, week 18? I would imagine it's week 18 by a mile. So like, take us into your mind, take us behind the scenes. How do you set these numbers with so much scattered motivation? Uh, I've never been a fan of week 18. And now, <laughs> and now with COVID looming, I'm even less yeah. of a fan. Um, the good news about week 18 is about three quarters of all the games do have some meeting, um, whether it's winning division, making a playoffs, or just up in your seat. Uh, but others aren't so meaningful. They're w- meaningless and very weak. Uh, and, you know, maybe some teams aren't even going to show up to the stadium. They're so bad. Um, it's a difficult chore because our power ratings, we have to use them but there's just a lot, a lot of intangibles here when you make these numbers. So looking at the week 18 board, which games have taken the most money and seen the most movement already? I might be crazy because I was half asleep last night, but I think I saw the Browns were two and a half point favorites last night. Now it's showing Bengals two and a half. I could be making that up. I'm just guessing. Uh, But which ones have seen the most movement already and which ones do you think will move uh, the most by kickoff? Yeah, well, first on that game, uh, you know, the Bengals are playing for something and the Browns aren't. So that game did move to th- that way. Uh, both Saturday games have moved from their opening look ahead lines. Dallas was a seven point opener. Now they're three and a half favorite uh, at Philly. Uh, the Chiefs 
went from three to 10 at Denver. Uh, you know, when I looked at that game, I said the Sharps will probably be looking to take 10 and a half on that one on the Broncos. Um, for Sunday's why did Johnny, why did, real quick, why did that one move so, so much? Is it just that the Chiefs can improve their seating and the Broncos have nothing? That's, I mean, that was a quick touchdown. Really big, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Denver didn't look good last week. Nope. And, and you know, being a number one seed means being off. Uh, so it's a big game there for the Chiefs. Um, the uh, And some of the others, the uh, Sunday slate, there's so many huge moves from the openers. Packers were 11. They're down to two and a half at the Lions. Uh, you know, I hear Aaron Rodgers might play half the game. He may play a quarter so, the game. I don't know what he's going to do. That's I mean, one. You know, sorry, I'm, I'm going to – we have all kinds of weird questions. But that's one, Johnny. Would you be surprised if that closed – with the Packers a larger first half favorite than they are for the game. Yes, absolutely. I will. Oh, I, I, that's what I, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Um, the Vikings are down from six to two and a half at the bears. Uh, they're playing the bears uh, Pats two and a half at the dolphins. That's up to seven. Yeah. Uh, Colts eight and a half up to 50 <laughs> the and just so many more guys there are there, there's a few more in there to have that type of movement julian and i need that miraculous win by the jaguars in the worst way we need that we need that the spread needs to stop moving <laughs> wow. might have a little might have a little bit of colts plus 150 to miss the playoffs from preseason probably would have worked out better if they just lost to the patriots or the cardinals on one of those saturday night games um, and now we're just we're just riding some Jags money line here in week 18. Um, you can always you can oh yeah you can always bet the Colts on the money line, but I, I don't think that's what you want to do, is it? That's a little well, steep. <laughs> yeah, if you um, could get us a little discount, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, please. All right, I want to talk player props again. Like I mentioned, I bet some player props last week. I love betting incentives, whether it's financial incentives or record-breaking incentives down the stretch. Now, full disclosure, I invented a new way to lose a bet on Sunday. I went on our show. The sweat goes out to, you know, multiple cities across the United States of America. Antonio Brown, he can make a million dollars on incentives, receptions, yards. He's playing the Jets. They think he's going to get there. So what do I give out as my best bet to everybody? Antonio Brown over receiving yards. It goes up eight yards after I give it out. He goes crazy in the middle of the game and runs off the field. That was a new a new loss for me. Um, I imagine there was a lot of handle there because it moved eight yards. So that means people are playing player props right now. Cooper Cup is a guy that can break the all-time receptions and receiving record this week um, if he can get it going against the Niners. Jonathan Taylor, we, we mentioned this Colts game. It's a must-win game for the Colts. They can also get Jonathan Taylor with a big game to 2,000 rushing yards. Now he's over 200 yards away, but Derrick Henry was in this exact spot last week. He had 34 carries for 250 yards and two touchdowns against Houston got there. Um, like do those things and do the financial incentives in contracts for guys other than Antonio Brown. Now are those factored in when you are setting these player props? Uh, the answer to that is yes. And no, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's start with Taylor. So Taylor needs 260 yards to reach 2000. So that might be a stretch yep. and the Colts need to win. Uh, and need to be healthy and refreshed because they're coming back next week to play most likely the Bengals or the Bills. Uh, so you don't want to use everything up to break a record. Um, you know, so you're, you you want to win. C 
Cup is surely going to be used in the game versus 49ers. I mean, that's got the division and the playoffs uh, on the line for both teams. Uh, playoffs for 49ers, division for Rams. He needs about 136 yards, I think it is, to break the all-time single record. And he needs 12 receptions to break the all-time season catch record. Um, so we're probably going to up our original thinking on that one for sure, uh, because we know he's going to certainly be a big, you know, big player in the game and, and go-to guy. So um, yes and no. <clears throat> yep. All right. Inflate, inflate whatever you want. Taylor and uh, Cup overs this week. I'm going to be that sucker. I'm on both. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, gonna, there's not too many Antonio Browns out there that walk off the field in the middle of the game. So I, you don't think you have to yeah, I'm, that. I'm. Be, I mean, you think it's a bad beat last week? If somebody else quits in the middle of the game and takes their clothes off on me this week, then I'm just that's a tough <laughs> beat. <laughs> Usually, the people that take their clothes off in the middle of the field are soccer players, men and women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. With the Packers locking up the top seed in the NFC, they've become the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, did they take a lot of money after securing the buy and ensuring the NFC will run through Lambeau Field? Uh, the pack took some. They were a short price at four to one. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no movement there. Titans uh, also took some as the betters are expecting Henry back. Um, and the Bengals were a popular choice this week after beating the Chiefs. They're now sitting at 20 to 1. They were a little bit higher last week. All right. So we also had some major swings in the awards markets on DK Sportsbook. Um, Mac Jones, we, I mean, we've been talking about him. He's been in the minus 400, 500 range for Offensive Rookie of the Year for a while. Handily beats the Jags, throws three touchdowns. The problem is in the game of the week, Jamar Chase sets rookie records against uh, Kansas City in the game everyone's watching, wins in that game single-handedly, rips off the three touchdowns, uh, converts the third and 27 or, or whatever it was. Um, he's up to, I mean, he's like 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns type of range now. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, he's now heavily juiced to the favorite over Mac Jones, and we're getting plus money there. Dak Prescott, I think, was minus 700 to win comeback player of the year. Last I looked, he was a slight favorite to Joe Burrow, um, getting close to a pick there, but some still some plus money on Burrow. Rodgers extends his, uh, his MVP lead. Uh, where's the money been coming in the past few days to a week in, in these markets with, with just so much movement? Well, certainly on Chase, and let's talk about Chase a little bit. He 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 did do what no other rookie has done. Yeah. Uh, you know, two two hundred plus yards. But he actually has two two hundred yard games this year. And you mentioned to Julian, it's not like Mac Jones had a bad game last week. He was actually one of his best games. He had three TD passes, no picks, one hundred and twenty eight quarterback rating. So, uh, you know, he did everything that he had a quarterback could do. I, I think the final week's going to tell law for this one. Uh, for the comeback player, Dak's been fading uh, yeah. and Burrow is charging. But when you think about it, is Burrow actually a comeback player of the year and only his third season? I, you know, I think the voters will yeah. look at They'll look and say, hey, you know, Dak's, uh, you know, was hurt and he has, he has some couple of years there where he struggled. You know, I still think Dak deserves to be a, a, a pretty good favorite, and I think he'll end up winning his award as long as he doesn't blow up next week. Um, and Rodgers holds the lead and will probably win his second straight. Uh, the way these games set up next week, you know, with Rodgers playing a little bit, 
uh, and probably, you know, probably throw a touchdown or so in the first half. And I, I think, I think Rogers is in good shape to win his second. One counterpoint on Burrow. He had a worse injury than Dak, suffered it later in the season than Dak, so a shorter time to come back, and has better numbers than Dak. So if, it depends how you look how you look at it. Like you can let you can lay out the case for Burrow. I feel like, and for Chase, I just have I have one question. Like, do you think it was mispriced before this week? Should should Mac Jones and Chase have been? maybe call it closer to a pick before this week. If we see this drastic of a move from his big, big game. And is there value now on, on Mac Jones? Maybe? Uh, I don't think the price should have been closer going into last okay. week. I mean, who expected uh, chase to have, you know, 260 yards. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, that's, that's just remarkable. And the guy, the, the guy is pretty sensational, but you know, if you look at his season, Chase, he's had some weak games too. Mac yes. Jones has kind of been more of the consistent player when you look at yep. the two of them. So I, I still think Jones is in okay shape. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting award. Like Herbert over a crazy year by Justin Jefferson last year. Um, Kyler Murray, very comparable numbers to Mac Jones when he won it over Josh Jacobs. And Kyler Murray was a plus 700 uh, dog yep. to win offensive rookie of the year going into week 17 of that season. Josh Jacobs was favored. Saquon Barkley with similar numbers to chase, obviously as a running back, than a receiver did beat out Baker Mayfield who kind of charged late and, and did throw a lot of touchdowns. So I'm very interested to see how offensive rookie of the year wraps up, but we've been talking college football bowl games every week, Johnny. Uh, we had some awesome ones over the weekend. That Rose bowl was one of the more entertaining ones in a while. The college football playoff games, a little dull, but I know there was a lot of uh, a lot of action on them. How did the book do on on some of those uh, some of those bigger games? Sugar Bowl as well was a, a heavily bet game. Unfortunately, Matt Corral goes down early, kind of lets down in that game a little bit. Yeah, uh, the Bama game we lost on that. Uh, they weren't afraid to lay the points against uh, Cincinnati. Neither was I. We, we won the Georgia game as they did play the Wolverines in that one, thinking it was going to be an upset. Um, the Rose, uh, we actually won with Ohio State not covering, but that was a very entertaining game, though. Um, but the the betters did like Baylor in the Sugar game against Ole Miss. Uh, you know, very uh, low scoring game, but with Baylor easily winning that one, and that game went from Ole Miss two closed Ole Miss one. All right. Well, we record these on Tuesdays. National championship game is this upcoming Monday. So we're not going to talk again before it. So we got to get this out of the way now. Where is the early money on this game in terms of just the Bama two and a half, three and the money line? And then also, I would imagine these two teams have have massive future handles on them. Like what's the liability for the book in terms of uh, who wins it? Who are you guys rooting for? Well, for the game itself, we opened Georgia two and a half, and now we're three. So the early money is on the Bulldogs. Now, I think that push is not based on handicapping power ratings. I think it's based on Georgia's poor performance in the first time they met. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are expecting them to overturn uh, what happened the first time. Now, we'll see. Uh, you know, Nick Saban's a wizard out there. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't. It's a tough situation to say you're just going to go out there and turn it around. The other team has the better coach, the better quarterback. I'm just saying. I, I, I agree. Yeah, a lot of people agree with you. And so 
for what you're saying and what I'm saying, I expect to be this to be the highest college football game ever bet on our network. Um, so I'm looking for huge handle on this one. Uh, as far as the future goes, we're on, we're in good shape uh, with Georgia to win it all. And with Bama, it's a small loss. So um, we're actually rooting for Georgia for as far as futures are concerned. Fair enough. I got I got my Bama futures in there, so I'm with I'm with everybody else here. Roll Tide. Um, all right, that does it for uh, odds are with Johnny Avello. We got our our wild Week 18 slate, where I'm sure plenty will change by the time we actually uh, actually get to these games. And we got an awesome national championship game on Monday night. Uh, Johnny, thank you for joining Unreasonable Odds and uh, breaking it all down with us. You're welcome, guys. Have a fine week. You too. All right, as we promised at the beginning of the show, we're going to be talking to the latest millionaire maker winner. Let's be honest. We all know this guy, okay? We all know Alex Baker. We all know Osimo. But he finally got the monkey off his back. He finally took down the Millie maker. And what way to culminate the win than to talk about it here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Alex Baker, Osimo, welcome to the show, man. Congrats on the massive win. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Like, uh... I've been trying to win a million bucks on DraftKings forever. And it's like, now that I finally did it, it was definitely worth the effort. <laughs> Haven't we all? Haven't we all? <laughs> uh, we, we, got, we, we got to talk about this lineup here a little bit, because if you look at this lineup, right? If I had made this myself, I'd be like, there's no way this is going to win, right? Because you went with a super heavy Seahawks stack here, right? So you had Russell Wilson paired it with Metcalf and Lockett, and then even added Rashad Penny into that, ran it back with St. Brown. So basically a Seahawks-Lions game stack here. Kind of go through this with me because obviously in GPPs, especially these massive, huge field ones, you got to try to be different. You got to try to be uh, away from the chalk in this one. All of these guys, ownership no bigger than 9.8%. Just kind of run me through the mentality of making this lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think that game stacking, a very popular strategy, but like people take it to different extents. So this was definitely a heavier game stack. Uh, I kind of knew if Lockett and Metcalf have a big day, then Russell Wilson, that's a lock. So I didn't even worry about that part. But then it's like, okay, so they're putting up a ton of points. They're probably going to run the ball because Detroit can't keep up. So I threw in Penny. Uh, in general, like, uh, a few times a season, you see those games that just have ridiculous like performances where one team just puts up an absurd amount of points. So I was really trying to to get get there if that happened. I mean, that's how that's how you win a million dollars. You do things that people are afraid to do because when other people build that lineup, they start building it and they see Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Oh, Penny fits here, but wait, I like I can't. I can't do that. That never works, except for the times that you do get a million points in a game and it works. Um, the, the one thing that jumped out to me, like Steve mentioned, they were all under 10% owned. You got Russell Wilson, uh, Metcalf and Lockett all under 3% ownership. Um, like that, that'll get it done. And the only guy over double digit ownership in your entire lineup was the, the somewhat chalky David Montgomery up around 33%. But I want to talk, let, let's get away from the, the Montgomery chalk and away from the Seahawks. Like the other guys in your, in your lineup, St. Brown, 3.6%, Higby, 4%, Saints defense, 8.7%, Patterson, 5.5%. Like those are guys that are away from your stack, but still 
you know, three, four guys that were contrarian? Like what led you to those guys? Yeah, I think it was just uh, like those guys. I think people knew they were like kind of good plays, but just there were a lot of good plays on the slate. So maybe yeah. they're a little bit overlooked where Patterson with Antonio Gibson out was uh, expected to get most of the work. Maybe a bit of a, a weaker team with the Washington football team, but uh, I didn't really think of him as contrarian except for that number next to his name, seeing how many people had him. And then uh, Higby, like with the Rams, like another guy that he's been playing a lot, hasn't had any bust out performances. So I think that was kind of that thread running through my lineup is like these are guys that that potential has been there. They just hadn't gotten there to that point. So I'm curious about, about this here. So obviously Montgomery was the only real chalky guy that you landed on. We mentioned, 30, but basically 33% owned. You ended up running, rolling with the Saints defense though. So I'm kind of curious about this here because if I'm, I'm assuming if you're playing Montgomery, you're expecting the, the Bears to kind of roll in this one too. So people like to correlate that, you know, maybe use the Bears defense instead of the Saints. You could have afforded the Bears because they were 3,200. If anything, it would have made your lead even bigger. So in hindsight, <laughs> it didn't matter that you didn't use them. But uh, just kind of run me through that. I, I thought it was kind of surprising you didn't run it back with the Bears defense. But, of course, you're the guy that won the Millie, not me. So tell me why that was the right move. Yeah, I mean, I think either one would have been great. The main thing I was thinking is that, like, the rest of my lineup was pretty contrary. And so going with one of the best defenses on the board made sense. The Bears were the number one defense uh, in a really good matchup. And then the Saints were number two facing the Panthers. So I was definitely uh, like, I think you're right. Maybe I could have made my lineup even better by, by having the Bears defense. But fortunately, I didn't have to pay for that mistake. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's talk about your, your strategy here um, in some of these later of the season weeks, maybe even help somebody else win a million dollars. Because what I like that you mentioned, Alex, is there's so many good plays late in the season because so many guys are out. There's so much, you know, lack of motivation or a team that is heavily motivated playing a team with no motivation. So many different scenarios late in the season that create a lot of good plays. So you use somebody like you mentioned, a Patterson, who, if he was in that spot in week eight, is 40% owned, but he's in this spot in, in week 17, and you get to use him when there's an even more popular value play for somebody else. So, like, what goes into deciding, okay, there's a ton of good plays on the board, there's a lot of chalk, or I use air quotes, quote-unquote chalk, which ones are going to be the guys that are 30% owned, which ones are going to be the guys that are 5% owned, because if they're both good plays, I want the guy that's 5% owned. Yeah, I think the the thing that's driving it is like, uh, you know, there's a lot of good plays that are obviously good and a lot of bad plays that are obviously bad. But like finding the good plays that are not obvious is the tricky part where it's like guys that, that are in good spots and talented, but it doesn't it hasn't shown up in the box scores. So like I know a, another popular stack this week was uh, the Bengals stack with Joe Burrow. And that ended up being the top stack of the week. And a lot of people were on there because they've been doing well. Like that would have probably won too. But uh, Russell Wilson, like they've been doing so poorly. But like looking at their performances, it was like really fluky because a lot of weeks they've been only having like five, 50 offensive snaps. And like usually there's an average of like in the mid 60s for a team facing the Lions. I'm like, okay, this number is definitely going to flip. And it's, it's kind of like figuring out the teams that have been getting a little bit unlucky maybe as opposed to just not being talented. 
I want to wrap up with this here because obviously, you know, over at Osmo.com, you do all this strategy. So, you know, obviously check that out. You can hear from somebody who won a million dollars. You know, that might be a nice website to go take a look at. But in terms of what you've done in your daily fantasy career, I have to imagine this is one of the top ones because you have this amazing resume of wins and, and live final appearances. Does this rank as number one for you in, uh, um, uh, as a whole? Thanks, man. Yeah, I think it does. Like uh, before, my, my favorite win was at the WFFC or FFWC where I got fourth place on, on this Julio Jones like last minute touchdown for 500K. I was like so stoked. And then it's like, uh that was in person so that was a little bit different feel but uh this was definitely i, I like to say it's kind of my white whale is going after one of these million dollar prizes kind of like moby dick like trying to chase the whale and like i thought i'd never get there because it's been like six and a half years and i never won one but finally i had my day so it was worth the worth the chase <laughs> Worth the chase indeed. Um, all right. Thank you to, to Alex Baker, uh, Osmo of Osmo.com for joining us here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Um, and congratulations, like you said, for first, you know, you've been a big dog in the game for a long time, but first is a first, and that's a first. Um, so congrats on the Millie, Millie Maker win, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you guys. And uh, good luck to, to all the listeners. Uh, winning these million dollar prizes, not easy, but definitely uh, life changing. Plenty more left, not only week 18, but also in uh, in the NFL playoffs, obviously plenty of million makers to still cash this NFL season. Um, all right, that'll do us do it for us on this Tuesday, January 4th episode of unreasonable odds um thanks to alex for coming on thanks to johnny avello of dk sportsbook for coming on and uh giving us a peek behind the book um steve and i gave you some early analysis in the uh in the show but we will be back as usual on thursday um to give another look at at week 18 at monday's huge national championship game between georgia and alabama um and then after that we're cruising right into the playoffs guys time flies catch you on thursday Thank you.